0: Brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. Who's your favorite superhero? If you're into comics or movies, it might be someone like Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. We love superhero stories because we can really resonate with many of the problems and the dilemmas that superheroes face. Superheroes can even be role models for us, and we often would like to identify with them. As in the words of Tony Stark, also known as Iron Man, heroes are made by the path they choose, not the powers they are graced with. On today's podcast, we are graced with a wonderful guest, my friend Bree, and we're going to discuss becoming a superhero in your own life. Bree, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Tony. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, this is going to be a super topic, mind the pun there. Uh, yes. Did you watch a lot of those superhero movies or read the comics or anything like that when you were growing up?
1: I did. I really did. I was a big nerd and I just loved stories, whether it was Disney or a superhero or Marvel or DC. I also, I, I played video games a little bit growing up. And so I attached to those characters when I was little, just having powers and having these, these big tales where they got to defeat monsters and villains. I loved it.
0: I love it too. Yeah. We attach ourselves to the characters. We really feel that we're in their shoes the idea of becoming a superhero in our own life, I think that that's a really intriguing topic. So I really want to get into that a little bit more. So tell us about what you think it means to be a superhero in your own
1: life. So the concept really came to me. It's something that, that I help teach people is that sometimes when we look for our strengths and our own weaknesses, we often spend the most time looking at weaknesses, all the things we aren't doing well enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not talented enough, rich enough, whatever. And so when you ask people, you know, tell me all the good things about you. Usually that list is so much shorter and we're not as good at picking out all those wonderful superpowers. That's true. And so for me, when you're going to be your own superhero, it's about really getting to know, okay, where do I shine? Where are my strengths? Like, what are the good things I can really resonate with? And actually showcase those instead of focusing on this big list of all the weaknesses.
0: Right. So you're going to focus on the things you're going to showcase, like those strengths. And I truly believe that. I teach my clients the same thing. Do your strengths. Do what you're strong in. Everyone wants to work on their weaknesses. You know what you can do? You can delegate your weaknesses. Or you can dump them or sometimes, sometimes you can do them if you have to, but yeah, focus on your strengths. It'll make your life more enjoying. You'll do a better job. You'll feel better about it. That is a great, great idea.
1: Exactly. And not only that, think about the confidence that comes with it. When we're looking and it's, it's the whole concept of mindset, which lens do you want to look through? You can look at the things you're not good at and the things that you don't like to do and delegate those. Or you can, again, look at those things that you really shine. Those are your superpowers. And you want everyone to find their lane, like find that place that they shine and they can all have it. You can have a super team. And that's the whole idea of having the squad, having the Fantastic Four, or having the Avengers, finding what everybody is good at and making everybody shine together.
0: Yeah, you always have a squad surrounding you. I like that. The way that you brought that up, because it's true, the Avengers, they have the other Avengers, Fantastic Four, and there's all the superheroes, they kind of congregate. I remember as a kid, there was a cartoon that was called Super Friends, and it was about all the superheroes, and they were all kind of friends and going out and helping to uh, solve the problems of the world. And I remember thinking as a kid, boy, it's too bad we didn't have these people really out there. But in a way, I think we kind of do.
1: I think we do too. And that's why it's so important too. And I think this is why I attached to superheroes as a kid. And even, even now we look for those people with those stories of hope and inspiration so that when you're going through some kind of hard time, you can look and say, listen, if they can do it, so can I. And so a big part of having that superhero in your life is being able to borrow a strength from them. Maybe when you don't have it yourself.
0: Ah, Borrow a strength. I like that idea too. Although We probably can't borrow certain strengths, like being able to fly or being (laughs) able to walk through or become invisible or anything like that. But we can borrow the strengths that actually are behind what gets Mm. them through. When they go on these adventures, they have the powers, but if they didn't have the strengths behind those powers, they wouldn't be able to do all the things they could do.
1: Exactly. And so more than anything, again, it comes down to that confidence, but it comes down to a little bit of your identity. And so if you can see yourself as a superhero, think of a little kid that's seven years old dressed in a Superman suit with fake muscles. Suddenly he is the strongest person in the world and he can lift anything in the house, right? Because his identity now, this is who I am. And that confidence of that little kid in the Superman suit is so different than just him in regular clothes, just being Timmy or whoever he is.
0: Yeah, and it changes his identity.
1: And so we can do the exact same things with our own lives, with our businesses, depending on which costume we want to put on, which superhero traits we want to borrow. And then it's almost like it's almost like acting. But again, we can use those stories of those things that we looked up to as a kid and borrow, use them and utilize them to help bring out those strengths that maybe we don't see in ourselves yet but we can use them to keep developing, so eventually you become that superhero. And it's no longer just Timmy, but Timmy is Superman. He has all these traits, and he is the strongest kid in the world, you know?
0: Exactly. You want to change your identity to become that person, that superhero, and you have to start by believing that you are the person, and then you take the action and start acting as if you were. Now, again... I'm not advocating that we climb up on the roof and jump off the roof or try to scale a building like Spider-Man. But when it comes to taking action in the things that we want to get done in our lives, that's when we can start believing first that we can do it. You know, when I started my business, one of the things I had to do was to believe that I could do it. Same thing when I started the podcast, I had to believe first and then I made the decision. Everything starts with belief in a decision. And to become that superhero in your life, it starts the same way. We have to believe, and then we have to make a decision that we're going to go ahead and go for it.
1: Exactly. And that's why, again, sometimes, and I hope this doesn't happen to everybody, but sometimes we don't always have the highest belief in ourselves. We can see other people do it, right? But it seems so different if we've been telling ourselves for years, a version of the story of, I am not that strong, you know, I'm not that fast, I'm not that smart. These other people online, they can build businesses because, and they give all these reasons why we're different than them and we don't see those strengths. But again, if you can instill a little bit of that belief, wait, if they can do it, so can I. Maybe I just need to start. Suddenly you can start gaining some of those powers and you can match some of the values that really made them build up as that character and that good business and have those skills and whatever. It's all in that identity and that little seed of belief is where it really starts.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that, superheroes seem to have especially in the movies is they all have this backstory right where you learn how they became the superhero you know spider-man got bit by the spider iron man created this costume that he could wear so he could escape from a prison type situation that he was in and he was this genius all of the superheroes you know uh, superman came from another planet whatever they all had a backstory but we all have a backstory too that leads us to where we are now it's like tony robbins says life doesn't happen to us it happens for us so all the things that exactly. we've done in our life are our backstory so brie i'm really interested in hearing a little bit more about your backstory and how you developed your strengths learned to either delegate or disregard your weaknesses and really start becoming that superhero in your life
1: Excellent question. So my backstory, I I did not start in coaching. I started in finance. So I was a financial advisor for about eight years in a corporate job, helping clients manage their money, save for retirement, understand investing, the whole shebang. I was a stockbroker technically, but in my day-to-day life, I joked, I was a marriage counselor. And so people would come to me and they'd want to talk about money. But <laughs> we would actually end up spending most of the time talking about a little bit of psychology, a little bit about their beliefs of whether they could reach whatever financial goal it was and our beliefs are keeping them stuck. Maybe they've been in debt and they can't get out. They're in that snowball. Maybe they keep rotating through jobs and it, you know, some people just have these money blocks. And so I became really interested in behavioral finance, not so much what causes an investment to be really good or how to beat the market or how to build the best portfolio, but it was the human behind it. What discipline matters, what mindset matters to be able to make good returns and actually get to retirement or whatever financial goal they set. Right? So for me, I really liked that human piece and understanding behavior and discipline and the thoughts behind investing what made somebody successful versus what didn't. And so then I, I liked finance for a while but I liked the human side of it more than I liked the numbers. And so when COVID hit, I'll say in my hero's tale, this was really my, this was my moment. This was my moment to decide maybe if we go for Pocahontas, my river. I can choose the easy path and I could stay in finance, but I could burn myself out pretty good. And I was already at that point in the beginning of COVID, I was very burnt out. The market was down, people's anxiety was through the roof and everything was my fault as the financial advisor. And so it's a very, very high stress job that can sometimes have a lot of thank yous. And it can also have a ton of blame. <laughs> yeah. So I learned very quickly, my strengths during a strong market were very different than these weaknesses now coming up If I was starting to get doubts when people are saying this is the end, you know, I lose I'm losing this money the, the world is completely changing. The market will never come back this was really my first big correction where the world was going through a ridiculous event. Oh yeah. We did not expect the pandemic. We did not expect out of nowhere, the best bull market in history to come crashing down 40% in a month and a half.
0: Exactly. We were doing so well. We had a great economy here in the U S the economy had been booming. Then this happened. And ever since then, it's just been spiraling. And now here we are at the end of 2022 and it's like living in two different worlds. So in a way you kind of escaped from that world really before the proverbial fan got all Brown, if you know what I mean?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) And in very polite terms. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. And so, What I started noticing too, is it didn't matter. Logic was gone. Logic was totally out the window and it was all emotions and we make really poor choices when we're really emotional about something. And so my very logical brain trying to explain to people the history of the market and why everything was going to be fine, it wasn't working anymore. And so then I started to doubt and question and I, my anxiety started to go through the roof. And this old job that I really liked was no longer serving me, my mental health, my sanity at all. Yeah. Thankfully, we- on the two rivers, there was another one that got presented for me in my path to Pocahontas or whatever it was. And I did, I found coaching and I realized, well, one, I had to realize if it was legitimate or not. Turns out it is. And that my skills were very transferable because I was already being a marriage counselor. Now I can help people not only with their investments, but with their life, with their mindset, with their success, with their businesses.
0: And I like the way you called it behavioral finance too. That's a great name for it because you were more interested you were interested in helping them with their finances but you were more interested in finding out about the human behind it all yes finding that connection that you could have with that person that deep connection that you didn't just feel i don't know if you've dealt with people there's some people out in the world that i like to work with those are the people that i really really connect with some people we just meet and it's like okay whatever but there's some people that we can just feel this intense connection just like I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody and you feel like you've known that person all your life. And that's the, those are the kind of connections in coaching that I find. And even in podcasting, I meet people from all over the world and it's just phenomenal how much similar we are, no matter what country you're in. And your mic drop moment in what you just said was the statement that you just said, we make poor choices when we're really emotional. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we could say that five times over. In fact, everyone, anyone out there listening, write that down. We make poor choices when we're really emotional. And we'll give you credit for that, too, for the quote, because that's what happens. Never, never, never make a decision when you're super, super excited about something or when you're super, super depressed or angry. Those three things, those three emotions, you know, you'll make mistakes. Now, it's good to be excited about something in a more positive way you know you get yourself pumped up i mean i'm a big proponent and a big fan of tony robbins uh he's one of my mentors and one of the things he talks about is get yourself in a peak state and then you make your decision and yeah i think that can work but for the most part when we're dealing with our own emotions we want to stay away from making those choices
1: Absolutely. And I, I think it all matters too, like which, again, that mindset lens. Which one are you looking through? Are you in that beautiful state and you're excited because you're thinking about all the opportunity and all the possibility? Or are you in that suffering state and you're making choices because you're leading with fear and anxiety and uncertainty? And so that was what was happening just all through the US, all through the markets. Fear, anxiety, and uncertainty were just running rampant, and everybody was just. Letting the suffering really make poor choices for themselves, for their families, yelling at their poor advisor, which was me. It was just, it was was not a good situation for anybody.
0: So let's rewind a little bit. So here you are stepping out into the world, making this decision that, oh, coaching, that's what resonates with me. What happened? How did you make that change? How did you put on the proverbial cape or Pocahontas outfit and make that choice to go down? one river as opposed to the other.
1: So I wanted to, uh, I also, I love Tony Robbins. He's one of my mentors and idols, and I hope to be on stage with him one day, but I went out and I I found people that could prove to me that if they could do it, so could I. And so I went and I've tried to find mentors and guides to make this journey easier and also less lonely. (laughs) And so that's really what started before I even launched my, my coaching business and put my flag in the ground and said, I'm open. I got involved with some different Facebook communities. And one was Rob Dial's free, like seven day challenge about how to grow a business online. I didn't know social media, so this was all new to me. The second was Jamie Kern Lima did an event with Tony Robbins. And it was when her book was released. And for the first time, I saw this giant community of 92,000 people on Facebook talking about positivity, talking about possibility, And I am used to my phone ringing and people screaming at me saying the world's ending, the market's burning down, everyone's dying, COVID this, COVID that. And then there was this beautiful space online with Jamie and Tony and Brendan Burchard, and it blew my mind. And so as soon as I went through this event, I was just like, I have to be part of this world. These are my people. Where have they been all my life?
0: Yeah, these are my people. and I felt the same way when I went through that. I made the transition. We pretty much transitioned during similar times. It was at the beginning of COVID and I made my transition from being an investigator. So here I am, I'm talking to people, I'm getting their story, but they're telling me about all these bad things that they did and I'm trying to get them to confess to those bad things. And I was pretty good at it, but now I get people to tell me the bad things, the good things, everything in their life, and I give them direction. I can help them to change their life. And when I saw that that, that world was possible and got into the communities, much like we're involved in, which is how we met through one of these wonderful communities out there where people are just so positive positive have such passion they feel so much passion for what they're doing in their life i mean jamie kern lima i mean she is amazing i don't know if you've read believe it her book that is just an amazing and her story i mean she's a, a brilliant storyteller and i i cannot imagine For those who are listening who aren't familiar with Jamie Kern Lima, believe it, I would definitely get the book. I've recommended it before on the podcast, but here she is trying to start up a cosmetics company and going in in front of these people pitching. And she did this for three years. No after no after no. And she kept it up and she did not quit. She believed in herself and that's how she made it happen. She believed her superpower was to help women who were just average women to know that they can be beautiful. And I just think that story and the way she tells it is uh, is amazing. So Absolutely. here we are. Yes. And here we are in these communities. And now uh, one of the other things about it is we're around people, people like Brendan Burchard, people like Tony Robbins and learning from them and taking what we learn, and we're able to teach others, and we're able to, um, I don't know, have you ever been to a uh, one of Tony's events? Have you been on, in person or online?
1: No, I've only done the virtual ones. So I, I was not, unfortunately, I was not in self-development, I'll call it personal development, until COVID, when yes. I was really, I was looking for that river, I was looking for that new path. And mm-hmm. so I've been to a few UPWs now, but they've all been virtual.
0: They've all been virtual. Yeah, I've done the UPWs, the live UPW that I went to last year and I've talked about it on the podcast I got to walk on fire nice. walk on the coals and you want to talk about superhero and superpower when you're walking out with like you know 7 to 10,000 people out of a huge auditorium a convention center walking out into the yard thousands of people are getting in line and they're going to walk across these hot coals shouting yes yes it's just it's amazing the positivity the enthusiasm that's there is so contagious and then after you do it you look down and you go really i just did that i just walked on fire and when you do that that's when you really feel like a superhero
1: and so talk to me too about when you were doing that the energy around you how different was it when you do get all of those people in one place that truly have the same belief we have similar values we're connecting on a human level the energy what was
0: it like you can't describe it because you really you feed off everybody and everybody is just just excited to do it I didn't see too many people that were like well I'm not sure I'm not really sure if I should do this you know maybe some people were thinking it but everybody feeds off each other's energy and you know I've I had some friends of mine that were kind of downplaying it and saying oh you know that's like a cult environment and I said well (laughs) it it's There's some similar psychologies, and I've studied a lot of psychology behind uh, cults and behind the whole brainwashing science and everything. There are some similarities, but really what it is is everyone is of the same mind. They all want to do this thing that is supposed to be impossible, right? Walking on fire and just feeling that energy. I mean, the virtual UPW is cool. You get to break a board, which if you've never done that that's a pretty cool thing but most of the time you're at home maybe yeah. there maybe there's a few people around it's a cool thing to do and it's fun to see yourself do that but in this environment you do you feed off that that energy everyone is cheering that's the other thing everyone is cheering each other on i mean nobody is there are no doubters in that environment everyone mm-hmm. is for each other could you imagine if you went to work every day and people were cheering for you? If you were working back in finance and, you know, the other brokers around were cheering because you just got off a great call or right. you just made $10,000 for one of your clients and everyone was, was just celebrating in a positive environment. No, you tend to go into these work environments and everybody is complaining and whining all the time. You know, nobody wants to be in that environment. One of the things I talk about in my book, which I'm in the process of writing Purposely Positive Life, is we all want to live life on purpose and we want to live like every day is Friday because Friday you still go to work, but you're excited. And to have that excitement similar to that energy that we had when we walked on fire to live a life like that every day and not faking it either, because that's the other thing you don't want to you don't fake it. It's there. It's real. There's a big difference. You know, when Superman is flying in the movies, okay, we know he's we know they're faking it. But if you were the real character, the real character is really flying. Right. They're not faking it. There's no faking it. So again, I just want to transition back into your situation. What was it like when you worked with your first client?
1: I want to say, I, I wish I could say it was this huge life-changing moment, but it wasn't that different from finance. But the conversation was so much deeper because I was finally able to break that very professional relationship as a financial advisor and get to know the person as a human. And so that was when I really realized, okay, I love the behavior. I like the psychology. I like to get to know people. Some of my clients, I could get there in finance, but not all. In Mm -hmm. coaching though, we really get to know people at the human level. What makes them tick? What the fears are? What we believe in? What makes us want to achieve things, you know, everything. And so that was really fascinating to me. It wasn't like this great arrival moment, but it was just very peaceful. And I hadn't had a peaceful moment at work in a long time. So that felt good.
0: And you're getting to do something that you were already kind of doing for free as part of your job. It was the human side. It was helping the people in their personal lives as well as the financial part of it. So making that transition and starting to work with people. That must've been great.
1: It was. And so funny thing though, I was so used to doing it for free that in the beginning, that was a mindset change that I had to make myself. I had trouble charging people in the beginning for certain things because I was just so used to being that go-to person. Oh, you need help with sales? Go to Bree. Oh, you need help with this? Go to Bree. And so I would do, I would give advice constantly. And now suddenly I'm asking for money. I had to go through my own mindset battle to realize, okay, hold on. I do have value here. I need to see my strengths. I need to see my worth and really start charging for it. So that was an interesting lesson I had to learn myself, even coming from sales.
0: Yeah, we do have to learn those lessons because when we're not used to doing a specific thing, you were used to charging for your financial advice, not for the person. Not for me. (laughs) The personal (laughs) advice came for free, right? Yeah, Um, Yeah, exactly. I totally get that. It falls in line with the philosophy of find the thing that you would do for free if money were not an object and then go out there and do it and really sometimes there is that mindset shift so i want to ask if there's anyone out there listening who is trying to go down that path to find their superhero what would you recommend them to do what would be the first step in discovering who they are becoming that superhero in their life
1: That is a great question. And so what brought this concept to me is I was trying to piece together what makes some people kind of have that it factor when you can see somebody turn on. Okay. So I trained salespeople and sometimes somebody would get on a call and you would literally see them flip a switch and turn on a new version of them. And so I was like, what causes this? And so a book came across my radar called Alter Ego and it's by Todd Herman. It's a fantastic book. And so if you've ever seen, if, if you like sports, it, the superheroes come into this, but more than anything, athletes use this all the time, where when they're going to step onto the field of play, they become a different person. It's their alter ego. And this made so much sense to me. So then it becomes the question, okay, where are those different versions of me that show up? How can I relate that again? Maybe I can borrow traits from some superheroes of my past, or maybe I already have one in me. That's that big version of you that you show up with all the energy. And then also we all have some kind of supervillain in us too. And that's usually your little negative self-talk voice that nags in the back of you. that says little naughty things like you don't know anything yet, or you're not good enough to do this, or maybe this is too scary. We tried before and we failed. Right. And so it's learning again, to step into that alter ego of yourself, that biggest self where you got all the power, you can do whatever you want because you are that superhero on the field. And we turn off that that little villain, (laughs) that that super villain on the other side that's telling us the bad things. And it's again, just choosing who you wanna listen to.
0: It reminds me of the old cartoons where the little devil would be on one side whispering in one ear and the angel in the other ear. You have to turn that is exactly off, it. Yes, you have to turn off the supervillain. So, going back in time. This is a question I like to ask people. If you were having a conversation with your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? What advice would you give little 18-year-old Brie?
1: You know, I would I would tell myself to go explore longer. I never even considered a gap year. And I was a good student. I was an honors kid. I went to Ohio State. I was an honors student there, but I had no time to explore. So my first two years of college, I was undecided and I explored then to the detriment of me paying back student loans for a long, long time. I explored and then I graduated with a poli sci degree political science because it made sense to me for maybe my next step, which was at the time going to be law school. Oh, wow. Right. And so, and then I realized my last year of uh, undergrad, my sister had just become a lawyer and I got to watch her go through that process. And I got to see behind the scenes of her work life where she sat in a room for 12 hours a day, talked to no humans and wrote drafts and briefs. And I kind of looked around and I realized I don't want to do this at all. And so I had to pivot and throw out my four years of undergrad and figure out what was next. And so I went into sales because I didn't really know what else. And I wanted to go explore. Long story short, I eventually landed here, but.
0: (laughs) Do you consider yourself more of an extroverted person then?
1: Now I do. When I was a child, I was so shy. I was so shy. People spoke for me and I was called a mumbler. I would always tell you bubble too much.
0: (laughs) Now I can't see that because I know it's, it's, you must've flipped that switch somewhere along the way. I like the idea of the alter ego. And I like the idea of, like I said, or like you said, flipping the switch.
1: So let me, let me deepen that a little bit for you and for your audience. And so an easy way to do this, and it's a psychological trick, it's called totems, costumes, or power words. And so for you to have your own switch, to be able to turn that on and just become Superman in the moment instead of Clark Kent, think about it. Well, this is the opposite, but Superman, he puts on his cape, Clark Kent, when he needs to be a reporter, I'm guessing Superman really didn't want to sit behind the desk and type out news articles. I imagine he wanted to be Superman and go fly. But when he put on his glasses, he was Clark Kent and he could become that person and Superman wasn't fighting that side of him. And so we can do the same things when we need to wear the different hats in our jobs, in our businesses, in whatever, in your family life, when you need to put the the hat on of the attentive dad. And you can, you can go, you and your son can go put on your costume, your baseball hat. You guys can watch the game together as your reminder to be present. If you need to go get your business work done, you can put on your blue light blocking glasses and remind yourself, I'm Clark Kent and I have the best focus in the world right now. You can go do it. If you need to go give a speech, you can put on your blazer and that can be your cape. And then you can become that version of you that's got that power. It's these little psychological totems. It's like, that would be like a baseball card or something you carry around. Power words, something you can write out or an affirmation that puts you in that energy, or costumes, something you physically put on that gives you that switch moment to turn on and become that superhero. Oh,
0: I like that idea. Well, I, I always teach my clients to change their physiology because your physiology determines your state. I've talked about this and I kind of like to beat this dead horse, but a lot of people are walking around today depressed. Yes. We live in a society, I mean, where people are. Depressed, they're anxious, but what is their physiology? Most people are either hunched over on their desk, on their computer, or even worse, they have this device in their hand called a phone. If you were to assume the physiology of of a depressed person, you would be somebody who was kind of like hunched over, leaning forward. Take that same posture. That's exactly what we're doing on our phones. Have you seen these people walking down the city streets? They're all hunched over looking at their phone. And it's
1: amazing that nobody even makes eye contact anymore.
0: No, they don't. It's a different world right now. And you know what? I'm not knocking the technology of the cell phone and the fact that we're walking around with these miraculous computers. I mean, the phone that we carry with us is a hundred times more powerful than the computer that sent a man to the moon. It's amazing. What I'm saying is we've got to get off of constantly looking at those devices and look up at the world and change that physiology, flip that switch, get into the mindset of trying to, you know, this is this life was made for us. We only have one opportunity to walk on this planet and be on Earth right now. So why don't we make the best of it? Why don't we live it on purpose for purpose and make that positive impact And you and I have discovered that and we kind of want to tell the world, right?
1: Absolutely. And that's why, you know, the power of community, the power of you being your greatest self, or at least making an effort to become that in everything that you do. When you do that, think of the people you're impacting. Think of the people they can impact and then think how that spreads over and over. And suddenly, maybe the world starts to look up from their cell phones and starts connecting again more on the human level.
0: And we start connecting more. You know, it's kind of like, I'm thinking right now we're we're in this valley right now. The world is in a valley. The economy, not so good. People's attitudes, not so good. Finances, gas prices, all not so good. But when you're in a valley, I think about like a roller coaster. You start at the bottom, right? And then you kind of get on that clicking part of it where you're going upward Click. And as that happens, you start to feel that energy inside of you. You start to feel maybe your heart beating faster because you're getting excited. You're you're going up and you're a little bit uncertain, right? Because there's some uncertainty there. You don't know how this ride is going to be. And then you get to the top. And just before you go over, you get so excited. You're screaming because you're just ready to take on the world when you go down that roller coaster. That's the excitement that we want. And We have to realize right now, we're in a valley. But you know what, we're not always going to be there. If we focus on how we can be the best people possible at each stage in our life, I think that'll help get us to where we want to go faster.
1: Absolutely. And it's just the very decision too that you can be in that valley for as long as you want to be. And then you can in this moment right now, decide, I don't want to be here anymore. And I'm going to start climbing up that hill. I don't know how I'm going to get up the hill yet, but I'm going to start. And this is my first step. And that's all I need to focus on.
0: Only focus on the first step. Yes. Because when you climb the staircase, you're doing it one step at a time. When Mm -hmm. you try to change your life, you're not going to be able to make a big leap and make that transformation. You have to make a transition one step at a time. And each step is a new transition. Onward to your transformation. So it Absolutely. won't happen overnight, but it'll happen. Is there anything else that happened in your life when you made your transition toward this transformation that was really unexpected to you?
1: Unexpected? I don't know. Yes, good question. And so that first client that I had all this peace and I, you know, it was my first proof that this this was real and legitimate. I ended up losing her early in her contract because her belief kind of went down on her starting the business. And so then what happened, my belief went way down. Now here, this is something for all coaches out there. If you're a coach or you're in the online space, don't let this happen to you. And if it does know you're human. I had all these clients that are doing great, but one person wasn't. And so that somehow to me made me think, I'm not a good coach anymore. And so my belief went way down. So this hasn't been just this linear upward climb up this roller coaster path. We're going to bring that back in. Trust me, there have been hills, there have been dips, there have been turns, there have been loops. But the point is we're still on the track and we still keep going through it. And it's amazing as you get over that next hill, what beautiful track opens up in front of you that you never imagined.
0: Yeah, that's an amazing way to think of it. I like the way you reframe that, too. And I think about not necessarily a superhero, but, you know, sports people can be kind of superheroes to us, especially when you're a child. You think about that baseball pitcher or that quarterback, you know, when they throw that bad pitch where they get hit on off the pitch and maybe the other team gets a home run because they threw the pitch or they throw that interception as a quarterback or they make a bad throw in basketball, whatever sport that you're into, or you don't get the goal when you're playing hockey, whatever sport you're in, they don't dwell on that last pitch because if they do, you can see that that's when the mistakes start to happen. That's when their confidence goes down. They have to make the pitch and I'll just go back to baseball. Cause as we're recording this, the baseball playoffs are going on when that pitcher throws the pitch and one of my favorite pitchers was a guy by the name of Mariano Rivera. He used to pitch for the New York Yankees. He was a closing pitcher. And Mariano, they called him the Sandman because he was lights out usually. But every once in a while, he would throw a bad pitch. They would get a home run off of him, but he wouldn't dwell on it. He would focus on the next pitch. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we have to do in life. if want to live that superhero lifestyle we want to focus on the next pitch the next throw because what happened in the past like Rafiki said to Simba the Lion King right it's in the past move on do your best forget the past because the past is the past
1: Exactly. And we can choose. And that's, again, power of mindset. Always. We always have choices. We can choose to carry it with us with all this baggage and let it weigh us down and make everything harder to trudge forward. Or we can release all of it, be weightless and move on wherever we want. And the faster we can learn to do that, the happier usually we are.
0: We all want to be happier in life. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, Brie, This has been a great discussion. We could probably go on for like another hour, but I know we're getting close to our time. So I just want to ask if people wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way to do that?
1: Great question. So either on Facebook or Instagram are my main two. Find me at Brie Willits, B-R-I-E, like the cheese, Willits, W-I-L-L-I-T-S. You can also find, I have a podcast as well called Becoming Better Together. And so if you want to check that out, feel free. That's where you can find me.
0: That's great. I hope people will reach out to find you. And I hope people will check out your podcast as well, because the two of us are out there. We're spreading that positive content into the world. And I think that is a beautiful thing. And I will transition that into my last question, which is what does being purposely positive mean to you?
1: Again, I'm a big advocate of we do have the power to choose all the time. Sometimes the subconscious will creep in, but we do have the power to choose what we want to focus on. And if you can focus on the possibility, the positivity, whatever's in front of you that is good and something that makes you happy, why not choose that all the time? And yet so many people, and I myself in the past, would focus on all the things that were going wrong in the world, all of the negativity, all of the not-so-positive things that we can find if we go look for And so again, why not choose to look for all the greatness? It's there waiting for us all the time. We just have to open our eyes to it.
0: We just have to open our eyes to the greatness that's in front of us and choose to follow that path to go down that river rather than the wrong river,
1: I guess. Exactly. Yes. No one needs to be on a boring river. Go choose the fun one that's going to push you and make you see something new in the world.
0: Amen to that. This has been a fun conversation, Bree, and we'll definitely have to have you back sometime.
1: Awesome, Tony. I look forward to it.
0: And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you may be out there striving and wishing to become a superhero so that you could just take off and fly. Well, I have a free resource. It's an ebook called Strive to Thrive. You can download it for free at tonywcoaching.com and start leading that purposely positive life.